Greetings, literary luminaries, aspiring Austins, and all you Hemingway hopefuls. Buckle up, because today we're journeying beyond the known realms of literature and into the vast void of world building. Now, I'm not saying that some books need a better setting than a $2 IKEA table lamp, but hey, a little ambiance never hurt, right? Welcome to the Pen to Profit Podcast. This show is the fiction author's one-stop shop for all things writing, from penning captivating prose to the nitty-gritty of grammar to tips, tricks, and insider advice on marketing to turn your passion for writing into cold, hard cash. Because the only thing better than writing the next great American novel is making a fortune doing it. Am I right? With our guidance, you'll be raking in book sales faster than a cheetah on roller skates chasing a squirrel with a winning lottery ticket. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get ready to go on a rollicking ride into the realm of writing riches. Because the Pin to Profit podcast starts now. Imagine crafting a world only for readers to go, huh? Don't let that happen. Get a foundation so solid it'd make a cement truck envious. Why it's important. Anchor point. As I've said, readers need a grounding point. But more than that, they need to understand the rules of your universe. If in one scene, magic is rarer than a well-done steak, and the next, it's as common as rain in London, readers will be lost faster than your favorite pair of socks in a laundromat. Consistency. An ever-changing world is like trying to dance on quicksand. Sure, it's fun to watch, but no one really wants to be that dancer. Without a consistent logic, you risk yanking readers out of the narrative. Also, your story needs lore and legacy. Having a backstory in ancient tales adds depth. When characters refer to old myths or fables, it gives weight to their actions and the world's history. For example, the Middle-earth of J.R.R. Tolkien is a crowning jewel in this arena. Not only did he craft various races with their languages, I mean, come on, Elvish sounds dreamier than Sinatra on a slow night, but he provided a historical backdrop. Think of the fallen city of Gondolin, the doomed love story of Baron and Luthien, or the kingly lineage of Numenor. Each of these adds depth to Frodo's later quest. And then there's J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Ever heard of it? Of course you have. Remember the tales of the Deathly Hallows or the founders of Hogwarts? Those aren't just bedtime stories for little wizards. They're the fabric that makes Harry Potter's world rich and alive. Rowling didn't just slap a scar on Harry and call it a day. No, she rooted her world in layers of history and conflict that ripples throughout the series. So to all the writers with galaxies in their eyes and worlds at their fingertips, lay down those roots. No one's saying you need to craft a language or write a history book, but a little groundwork will help your readers invest in the journey. And trust me, they'll thank you for it, probably in Elvish. Hold on to your quills. Crafting a world isn't just about grand castles and mysterious dark forests. It's also about the little daisies in the meadow, the songbirds tweeting like they've got their own social media, and, of course, the fantastical beast that'd make any zookeeper ponder a career change, and why it's important to your story. Immersion. Think of it this way. Ever been to a movie where everything's CGI? The trees, the birds, the cute little squirrel. Everything's just too perfect and you just can't buy it. Now imagine that in your book. 
The flora and fauna give the world texture, life, and a dose of believability. And then there's thematic symbolism. The environment can mirror themes, character arcs, or the general mood. A blooming flower could represent hope in a bleak world, or a predatory beast could symbolize the lurking dangers the protagonist faces. Natural challenges. Come on, what's a good quest without natural obstacles? Quick sand pits, venomous critters, or just a super rare herb? That's the only cure for that pesky curse the antagonist threw. For a masterful example, let's surf the sand dunes with Frank Herbert's dune. We're talking about a desert planet called Arrakis, folks. But this isn't your run-of-the-mill sand pit. This bad boy's got colossal sandworms that could swallow a house and ask for seconds. They're not just there for scare tactics. No, they're central to the planet's ecology, involved in the production of the spice melange, more sought after than a vintage wine. But it's not just big old worms. Herbert paints a picture of how life has adapted to such an extreme environment. Constructing a convincing world is like building a seven-layer dip. Sure, the guacamole and sour cream layers, aka your flora and fauna, are luscious, but what really makes the magic are those spicy layers in between, namely the cultures and societies of your fictional world. This is important because it adds depth and realism. Imagine watching a play where everyone's just reading their lines. No passion, no flair. Dull, right? A world without well-defined cultures is much the same, flat and uninspiring. The traditions, celebrations, and even daily routines of your world's inhabitants can transform it from mere scenery to an immersive living stage. Conflict catalyst, ah, cultural clashes and societal stigmas. These babies are often the unsung heroes behind the most gripping of plots. Where would Romeo and Juliet be without their feuding families? Also, the society and culture are crucial for character development. The culture a character is raised in shapes their beliefs, biases, aspirations, and hang-ups. By giving your world diverse cultures, you automatically create richer, more layered characters. For a prime cultural smorgasbord, let's gatecrash J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle-earth soiree. Tolkien didn't just toss in some elves, dwarves, and hobbits and call it a day. No, sir. Each race had its own languages, traditions, and histories. Take the elves of Rivendell versus those of Lothlorien. Pretty sure I just butchered the pronunciation, but I don't speak fluent elvish, so that's okay. Same species, but different vibes altogether. One's jamming to classic rock, while the other's got that ethereal, enigmatic, synth-pop thing going on. These cultural nuances not only set the tone for various regions in Middle-earth, but also drive many of the interpersonal conflicts and alliances throughout The Lord of the Rings. Remember, compadres, the richer the tapestry of cultures, the more vibrant and compelling the overall picture. So don't skimp on the cultural couture of your world. It can make the difference between a drab pencil sketch and a Renaissance masterpiece. Politics. It's not just for C-SPAN anymore. Political dynamics create internal tensions. A realm with different factions, beliefs, or ambitions can produce rivalry, conflict, and drama. Perfect ingredients for a compelling narrative. Layered power struggles. Politics often dovetail with other issues, like religion, economy, and yes, even romance. Ever heard of royal weddings? This interplay creates layered storylines, where a single event can ripple across multiple fronts. Politics is also crucial for shaping histories. Ever wonder why two kingdoms hate each other? It's probably political. Historical feuds, betrayals, or alliances shape the present landscape of your story and give depth to your world's past and keeps those readers hooked. Ever read A Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin? Talk about political intricacies. The Seven Kingdoms of Westeros is a masterclass in political maneuvering. From the cunning Lannisters to the honor-bound Starks, each house has its agenda, strategies, and ambitions. 
Backstabbing, alliances, and wars aren't just random events. They're all intricately tied to the political heartbeat of the realm. And remember, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Ah, job security in Westeros, 1980 out by George Orwell. This isn't your typical kingdom and night tale, but man, the political landscape here is thicker than molasses. The omnipresent surveillance state, the thought police, the ministry of truth, it's all a chilling testament to how politics can mold society, control reality, and even govern thought. Orwell crafts a harrowing world, showing the ramifications when politics is wielded as a tool of absolute power. So future word maestros, if you're building a world and haven't sketched out the political climate yet, what are you waiting for? Not only will it enrich your tapestry, but it'll also provide ample fuel for your plot's engine. And if anyone tells you politics is boring, just remind them of the Red Wedding, because in fiction, politics can be deadly fun. Environmental awareness isn't just for Earth Day, it's also crucial for setting the mood. Ever tried reading ghost stories in broad daylight? Doesn't quite hit the mark, right? That's the environment at play. Whether it's the damp fog of London or the oppressive heat of a desert planet, the environment sets the tone and mood for your scenes. Also, environmental challenges can push your characters to their limits. Maybe they're facing harsh winters without enough provisions, or perhaps they're navigating treacherous mountain paths to avoid enemy capture. The environment can be as formidable an adversary as any dark lord or scorned lover. Building authenticity, a well-described setting rooted in its environment grounds the story. It helps readers visualize the world and makes it more tangible. If your character is in a rainforest, they should be dealing with the constant buzz of insects, the humidity, the cacophony of distant animal calls. It's this authenticity that immerses readers. Have you ever read Bram Stoker's Dracula, now beyond the blood-sucking? What really gets the hairs on your arm standing tall? The atmospheric buildup? Think about Jonathan Harker's journey to Dracula's castle. As Harker ventures deeper into the Carpathian Mountains, the environment grows increasingly foreboding. There's an eeriness to the rapidly changing landscapes, dense forests, and the jagged mountain paths. Stoker doesn't just use these descriptions as filler, they amplify the sense of isolation, dread, and the unknown. By the time Harker reaches the castle, we're already on edge, primed by the environment. And it's not just the physical landscape the local villagers' reactions, their superstitious rights to protect against evil. They're all rooted in the local environment and its legends. Remember, kids, the environment isn't just the backdrop against which the story unfolds. If leveraged right, it can be a character in its own right, one that interacts, challenges, and sometimes even confronts your main players. So next time you're penning a harrowing journey or a romantic rendezvous, take a moment to consider, where is this happening? And how can the surroundings make it even more memorable? Because let's face it, a picnic in the park is wildly different from one at the edge of a cliff with a storm brewing. Choose wisely. So, there you have it. Fictional fabricators. A few breadcrumbs to lead you out of the forest of the mundane and into the magical world of your creation. Remember, if you build it, they will read. As long as it's more engaging than watching paint dry on a parallel universe's wall. This is Ray Evans, signing off from another episode of the Pen to Profit podcast fiction writing tips, and you've enjoyed our time together today, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Also check out the show notes and join the free private Facebook community, The Author Success Hub, where you'll have access to free exclusive trainings, courses, and guides to help you improve your writing and sell more books. Thanks for tuning in to the Pin to Profit podcast. 
If you've enjoyed hanging out with us today, swing by iTunes or your podcast app of choice and leave a rating and write a review. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to get more of this grammar goulash delivered piping hot to your ear holes every week. And if you're looking for more tips, tricks, and free trainings that aren't available anywhere else, click the link in the show notes to join the Author Success Hub Facebook group. It's one part mastermind group and one part creative writing workshop. Except you can attend in your pajamas without judgment. Plus, you'll be mixing it up with fellow authors who are all about that writing and profiting life. Until next time, keep putting pen to paper and turning those pages to profit. Ciao.